everyone. Woo! Oh, we're going to have some fun in this place, I'm telling you what. Now, let kids stand up. Let me just real quick introduce the family here. Of course, you know Marianne, right? So this is my stepson, Hayden. This is Matthew, my son. This is Alyssa, and this is Brooke. So, yeah. Great group of kids right there. Now, uh, before I get going and rolling here, Marianne wanted to say a couple words. So I'm going to let her do that. Wait, was it the one with two or the one, the one, right? All right, hold on here. That's the one? Oh, okay, I've seen two. Okay, there it is. Yep. All right. All right, good morning. It's so nice to see so many faces here, and I just wanted to say thank you to the whole Living Waters congregation. You guys have been so loving to us and so welcoming from day one, even when we were here um, as visitors before you even knew who we were. Um, You guys were so nice and so kind, and I just want to say a big thank you to you for that. And I just want you to continue that as we move forward because that's what's going to keep keep people in this church is your love and your welcoming and your hospitality. So thank you, Living Waters. You have been great. It is an honor to serve you. It is an honor to be your leaders because you guys are a phenomenal group of people. Um, I also wanted to say thank you to our family. Uh, If James' dad could stand up. Uh, Dennis and James' mother is no longer with us. Crystal, um, your mom would be so proud of you. So I will say that. And, whoo, and wow, I feel really shook up when I said that. She might be here. I hope God opened a window (laughs) for her to see. And I'd like to thank my parents, um, mom and dad. They're Right here, they're going to just wave your hands up. Um, They have been through it all with me and um, loved me through so much, and so I'm thankful for their support. I'd also like to thank our friends Al and Jane, if you could stand up. Um, Very instrumental part of our life. Um, Jane is... um, ran. James' cousin Randy's wife, Randy, passed away, and then she married a wonderful man, Al. Um, But Jane is who introduced James and I, so she has a special place in our heart. She's also the church um, that I went to in Mayville, which is why this drive up to Cairo is not a big deal for us. Um, And in fact, when James and I were driving up for him to preach here a couple weeks ago, I looked over and I just thought, how thankful I was to the Lord for for turning all of this around in my life because when I drove to Mayville, I was going through a divorce and crying on the way up and had my little baby who's not such a baby anymore. Um, and you were the you were the joy of my life, you know, driving up there because it was such a hard time and how God just turned that whole thing around for me. And so I'm thankful for Jane and Randy in heaven. Hopefully, he opened the window for him, too. And lastly, and most importantly, well, I'm thankful for our kids, too. They've been a huge support, and I love them. Even my stepkids, I love them like they're my own, and they're great kids. And my son, Hayden, like I said, he's a joy to me as well. 
And lastly, my hubby. <laughs> I can't think of a better leader for this church. He is bold, but he does it in such a kind and loving way. Um, I, he is so loving. Um, you guys have a wonderful leader in him. He is bold. He will speak the truth. And I, I read on Facebook a couple days ago, uh, don't go to a church that's closest to your house. Go to a church that's closest to the Bible. And that's what you're going to get in my husband. So I'd like to welcome Pastor James Brandt for the first time. Thank you. Oh, very nice. I'll buy you that, I'll buy you that dress next week that I promised. Where am I? <laughs> there we well. go. She's a help in more, more ways than one, all right? Let me put this up here. Hallelujah. Well, that's awesome. I am so excited. This is going to be fun. Now, uh, just to let you know, we had a couple of our books laying around. Uh, Marianne has one called the Esteem Workbook, and mine is Revival Experience uh, Handbook. And I'm like, instead of having people raise their hand and pass them out, I'm just setting them here. So whoever's the first to come up and get them, you guys can do it, all right? But... Anyways, we'll make more of those available in the future. But, you know, uh, if you can just listen real closely right now, if you're real quiet, just you, you'll be able to hear something real quick. You'll be able to hear hell, nervous, screaming that I'm leading this church. I'm telling you right now, those who know me, they know that I am bold, and I'm going to tell things the way they are and, and preach the word. Amen? Now, not just that. Listen, Living Waters, you guys, every penny you guys pay me, you're gonna, it's going to be worth every penny. Listen to me. Because starting, we're not wasting any time. Someone told us about uh, a middle, the middle school here. They're trying to open a restroom for transgenders. So guess where we're going tomorrow night? The board meeting. We're jumping right in, baby. Listen, we're not going to let the devil take this area, right? We have to rise up, and we got to do something about this. Listen, the church is the conscience of society. It is. And so we have to be a voice. Uh, we're going to do it in love, but we're going to say, hey, we're not going to put up with it. Amen? All right. So now, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, I want to start out with. By the way, I remember in, in with the questioning with the congregation, someone asked me about flowers. Am I okay with flowers up on the stage? Absolutely. Look at it. They didn't waste any time. I love it. I was like, these, these are awesome. You bet. That's wonderful. Oh, hallelujah. So Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. We're going to raise up uh, awesome disciples in this church that are going to go out and promote and advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right? No dead religion. No dead religion here. Amen? Here it is. Joshua 1, uh, verse 1 through 9. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I have said to Moses. Moses. 
For the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. Say your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, uh, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to, to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart, oh, I love this, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all according to all that is, that is written in it. For then, say for then, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Today I titled this message, Stepping Into Your Destiny. Stepping into your destiny. See, I want to give some important keys to consider for yourself personally, and to this church, Living Waters Chapel, that for us to be able to fulfill our God-given destiny, we have to take hold of these keys. We're going to do it. Listen, I'm not going to pastor a dead church. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to do it. We're all going to get involved. We're going to reach this area and beyond. Amen? But listen, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to advance the kingdom of God, like I said. Now, to fulfill our purpose, the reason God has put you on this earth, God has put this church in this area for a purpose. Say purpose. purpose. It's when you personally or even a church loses purpose of why you're here on this earth. Why did God put you here? Why is this church here? Is it just to be cozy behind this beautiful, the beautiful building here, you know, in the wall, four walls? No. Why did he put you on this earth? Why? Just to fill space? Are you an accident? No. You know what? Someone may have told you that you're an accident. Ooh, you're an oops. No, you're not. You're not an accident. You have a purpose and a plan on this earth. Amen. You were not randomly put here with no purpose to wander aimlessly. The enemy would love for that to happen. The enemy loves it. That's why you got so many people walking around. I'm not talking about just the unbeliever. I'm talking about believers. They're walking around. But you know what? The Holy Spirit's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get your attention. He's saying, wake up. I got plans for you. Listen, there is nothing greater than when you find your purpose. And you know what? Listen to this. Your purpose is in seed form on the inside of you. And the moment you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, boom, it's like a seed sprouts up. Now, what you do with that seed is up to you, right? The Bible talks a lot about the heart. Say the heart. Oh, I'm not talking about this heart right here. I'm talking about your spirit, man. What, 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 you know, your heart, it's like the ground, the soil of what the word goes upon. See, there's no problem with the seed of the word. The word of God's called the seed, right? 
The problem is never with the seed. It's always the ground that the seed's planted in. My, my dad was a carrot farmer, right? And you had to take care of that ground. You could put a great seed in there, but if the ground's dry, if it's hard, it, nothing's popping up. We were carrot farmers, okay? So, uh, but it's awesome how the Word of God talks about our heart. It's the soil. That's why, man, you'll hear me. You, I mean, one recurrent theme you're going to hear me talk about is the heart and preparing your heart, having a soft heart that God can move through you, Okay? Uh, but the enemy would love for you to stay in that rut. He would love for you to stay in that pit. Those of you who are here, you have not made Jesus Lord of your life. Guess what? The enemy loves that. He wants you to stay blinded in life. And you know what? Think about this. Those who, maybe you're listening online right now or you're here in the service. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Guess what? You're a ticking time bomb. Are you hearing me? You're a ticking time bomb because the moment you take your last breath, your eternity is settled. You can't go back. It's settled. So you better do it now. Oh, yeah, well, I got lots of time. I'm young. No, you don't. Someone on this earth right now, you see it all the time, car accidents, all these things happening, 16-year-old kids, whatever. Guess what? Make Jesus Lord of your life right now, today, while you have breath in your lungs because hell is a reality. It is a reality. It's a, you know, I know Hollywood likes to make it you know, kind of funny, and all these musicians, you know, their stages are set up like hell. It's not funny. It's a reality, and that's exactly what the devil wants. The devil wants to make it just some, eh, just some fun place, you know. Hey, we're all going to party in hell. Wrong. You're going to burn for eternity in hell. Jesus Christ is the only key to salvation. So the account with Joshua being commissioned to be the new leader has some very important keys that the Holy Spirit wants us to take hold of in connection to stepping into our destiny. Now, remember this. Every account, every word in the Bible, there's no wasted words. There's no wasted punctuation. Amen. Everything in the word of God, man, it has a purpose. Say purpose. God is a God of purpose. He is absolutely a God of purpose. And one of my main jobs as a pastor of Living Waters Chapel, as a minister in general, is this. The Holy Spirit's been speaking this to me since I got the position. He said, this is your mission, to shift the mindset, to shift the mindset, to shift the thought life of the people, to look beyond the natural realm and to the promises of God. See, the, the natural realm will lie to you. You notice that? Jesus spoke to things in the natural, and, and it changed the physical. He, he, it changed the natural. He spoke, oh, the power of our words. We're going to get into all that in the, in, in the future here. But listen, I want to shift. Say shift. I want to shift your mindset to look beyond the natural realm to what seems impossible in the natural. Listen, God can change your circumstances around. Now, as your pastor, I'm going to be your biggest fan. Come on. I'm going to be your biggest fan. I'm going to be there for you in the good times. I'm going to be there for you in the bad times, right? I'm going to be that Joshua in your life that says, we can take this mountain. We can take this land. Right? We can do it. There's nothing impossible. And, and everything in your natural mind is going to be screaming, no, they don't look like it can change. It's going to change. 
I'm going to be that Joshua standing by you. Amen? You are going to overcome the giants in your land. You are going to be an overcomer in life. Now, Living Waters Chapel, listen, will always maintain, always maintain an atmosphere of faith and love to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to every person effectively in a powerful way. Always. You know what? The moment you leave these doors, guess what? You're going into the world where it's just all negativity. When you come in here, guess what this is? This is our upper room. This is our, this is our let's call it halftime, where you come in and you know, hey, I can go. I know I'm going to hear a word, whether it's Pastor James, whether it's Linda, what, whoever, whether it's Marianne, whoever. You're going to come in here, and your faith is going to be built up. All that trash that the world has, has tried to throw on you during the week, it's going to go. All right? So when you walk through these doors, listen to me. I want to ask you guys a favor. I want every mask to come off. Now, what do I mean by that? I want you to feel at home in this church. I want you to be able, if you're struggling with a bondage, you're struggling with a stronghold in your life, I want you to be able to come in here and feel comfortable to come talk to me, to come talk to Marianne, to come to talk to any, any person in this church and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need prayer. I, here's what I don't want. I don't want to be the pastor of this church for 30 years and have someone where they come in and, hey, how you doing, brother? You doing good? Oh, I'm doing great. And they're having suicidal thoughts in these pews. It, it, that's not going to happen. Now, here's what I want you to do. So I want every mask to come off. And I want you to be honest about your problems. If you're not honest about your problems, we can't help you. But listen to this. If, if you choose not to say anything, don't put it past the Holy Spirit to give us a word of knowledge about you. Don't, don't be surprised when you get a call from Pastor James or Marianne saying, Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, I, I had this thought that you're going through a hard time right now. Right? And it's going to happen. I love the Holy Spirit. You know why? The Holy Spirit's always looking out for us. Because he wants us to be set free. So I want you to feel at home in this church. Share what your bondages are, battles and trials and with, the, with, with us. And, and where you don't have to feel like that we're, we're going to gossip about this. We're not, we're not going to do it. Trust me. So I've been working in the deliverance ministry for 20-something years, and I'll tell you this right now. You're not going to tell me anything I haven't heard. <laughs> you're just not going to, okay? You, so, I mean, you, you're not going to break through that barrier, okay? But I will say this. If you need help with something, contact me. By the way, I do want to get all of your phone numbers, okay? If you consider this your home church, I want to get all your phone numbers and email addresses because I want to keep in touch with you. You know, let's get together during the week. Listen, we're going to be active here. We're not, we're not playing around here. When I said I'm excited about making disciples, we're going to make disciples, right? Amen. We're going to have fun doing it. All right. So, like I said, the Holy Spirit wants to set you free because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Listen, I want you to feel vulnerable in this place to seek help. And by the way, I, you know what? During praise and worship, I'm fine if you guys come up to the uh, up to the altar, if you want to lift your hands through the whole praise and worship, do it. This is a place of liberty. Yes. Say liberty. liberty. All right? 
right? So someone asks if I, if I have an iron fist, and I'm like, the only iron fist I have is for the devil. Are you hearing me? We want the Holy Ghost to move in this place, all right? And he did today, and he's going to continue to. This is just the beginning, all right? All right, so um, I want you to feel that liberty. So I just wanted to get that out to you. Now let's talk about some important keys about stepping into your destiny. Look at Joshua 1, 2 through 3. Let's break this down. I want to give you some important points here. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. It says, my, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over to this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I have said to Moses. Now, I want you to notice this, that God told Joshua one word that just jumped off the page, arise. You have to get up and you have to do something. You, listen, you're not going to fulfill or step into your destiny. Notice it's, I titled it, isn't it clever? Stepping into your destiny. You have to arise and you have to step into your destiny, your personal destiny. Ours corporately as the church will not just happen without our cooperation, without our action. God uses, listen to me, God uses people to fulfill his will. So he expects us to do our part in cooperating with him. Uh, let me show you a, a couple of interesting verses that deal with cooperating with the plan of God. Go to Isaiah chapter 1. This is, this is really interesting here. Isaiah chapter 1. The, the purpose, the plan and purpose of God will not happen on its own without uh, us arising. you got to get up. Say, get up. All right, now look at this. So Isaiah 119, powerful scripture here. And it says this. If, oh, wow, that one, I love the word of God. If you have a pen, underline if. Because if says, if you have to do something, or if you don't do this, it's not going to work. So look at this. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Wow. This is a spiritual law. Willing and obedient will position you to eat the good of the land and fulfill your God-given destiny. I want you to notice something, that God is evaluating us all the time on two points. Are we willing and are we obedient? You hear? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Listen, willing has to do with our attitude. Come on, somebody. Willing has to do with our attitude. If our attitude stinks and we still do it, guess what? We don't pass the evaluation. Both of these have to be active. Willing, attitude, and then obedient, obeying God. And then you shall eat the good of the land. All right, so that is extremely, isn't that interesting? We're, we're getting, eva you know how you get evaluated on a job, right? Well, listen to me. The Holy Spirit's constantly evaluating us. Are we willing to obey the will of God for our life? Are we obedient? You've got to have both. Attitude and actions matter in the kingdom of God. It will determine the course and quality of your life. I can't tell you how many times on my secular jobs where, 
Maybe at one thing I wasn't the best at something, but listen, my boss always talked about, wow, James has a great attitude. Man, he lights up the room when he comes in there. Listen, attitude will carry you where the other won't. Are you hearing me? You got to have both. It will de- uh, determine the course and quality of your life. Both need to be active for the blessing to manifest in your life. Now, look at Isaiah 120. Now let's look at the flip side because it said if you're willing and obedient. What if we're not? But if you refuse and rebel... So there it is, refuse his attitude, rebel is your action. You shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now why? Listen to me. God's not devouring you. Guess what you're doing when you refuse and rebel? You're putting yourself on Satan's territory. That's why you will be consumed. You, you, this whole book is amazing. B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. This is our instruction manual. If you want to live a blessed life, if you want to live a life, a fulfilling life, you better just follow the instructions in the book. Isn't that amazing? Again, let me say it again. You shall be devoured by... That's God saying, listen, you need to follow me. You need to follow my ways. Because if not, my hands are off. You're on the enemy's territory. That's just a fact, Jack, right? So, um, by the way, let me just say this. Partial obedience is still disobedience. You ever try to bargain with God? How stupid are we? Right? How stupid are we to bargain with God? God, well, if I do this, you know, but I'm a little uncomfortable with this. It's so foolish. God's saying, do it my way. I love the prophetic word that came forth. All of them, I loved it. But one of them about be bold. Be courageous. We're going to get into that in a minute. All right? So, so um, you know, when, when there's something in your life that maybe you're, you're doing something partially or you're missing something, let me just tell you this. God is not wanting to keep it a secret from you. I guarantee you, if there's something in your life that you know you're supposed to be doing, I, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit's been dealing with your heart on the inside. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's always there to try to get us to prosper. That's the instructions. The Holy Spirit's not going to ask you do, to do something that's not going to cause you to prosper or cause, or, you know, his main goal is to advance the kingdom of God. But he has your best interest out in store too. Think about it. If God sent his son Jesus to be sin for us, to hang up on that tree, that pain, that agony, how much more does God want to do for us? Listen, God has made the provision. Say provision. The provision's there. Just like I put these books right here. Here's the provision. If you want them, guess what? You got to come get them. I made it available to you. Well, God's saying I made every blessing available for you. Now you've got to take hold of it. Okay? So there's always something that we need to do, and the Holy Spirit does not want to keep that secret. He's been prompting you. He know, You know on the inside what you're supposed to do. God has an amazing future, promises, and prophecies for us here, you know, at the church, personally, but we need to act on them. People have told me that um, Living Waters Chapel, it's been prophesied that we're going to be a lighthouse. We're a lighthouse. Oh, yeah, baby, we're going to be a bright and shining 
lighthouse in this area. But guess what? It's not going to happen if we don't get into the community. We have to, we have to let that shine bright, okay? So uh, the Word of God says that faith without works is dead. In other words, your faith in the Word should motivate you to move. Your faith, let me just say it again, your faith in the Word of God should motivate you to move. And, and I dare to say this, if it, if it doesn't give you such conviction to move, it's probably not faith. It's probably not faith. Let's just tell it like it is, right? Let's say this. If I told you to meet me at this church at 7 p.m. tonight, every person who showed up to that door, I'm going to give you a $500 check. I can, I can measure the faith that you have in me by who shows up and who doesn't. Right? <laughs> Go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Let's look at this here. And, you know, same way. God's looking at it the same way. Well, I told you what you need to do, and you're obviously not motivated enough to do it. Well, at the very best, it's mental assent. Yeah, God, I agree with you, but I'm not so convicted to really do this thing or put it into action, right? Look at this, James 2, 14 through 18. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? It's saying this. It's saying that, listen, your faith should motivate your works. If you truly have faith in Christ, if you truly have faith in the word of God, it should show in your actions. Are you hearing me? All right. And then it says, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace and be warmed and filled and do not give them those things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Right? To him that knows to do good and doesn't do it is sin, the Bible says. Oh, my, my, my. And it says, um, be warned, be filled, and do not give them the things which needed. Uh, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will, say, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. That's powerful. If Joshua would have just sat there when God said arise, guess what? The promised land would have never been taken. Are you hearing me? It would have never been taken. The promises of God would never have been fulfilled. Joshua's foot had to tread on the land for them to take it. He had to step into his destiny. Now, I want you to notice that you cannot, oh, I like this. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This is, I love this point. You cannot be carried into your destiny by another person. You notice that? Joshua, God told Joshua, arise. And wherever your foot treads, you're going to take it. God didn't say someone could pick you up and take you. It reminds me of the, the paralyzed man at the gate. You know, do you want to be healed? Well, I do. Oh, no, this was at the pool of Siloam, I believe. Or, yeah, the pool where the angels were coming and stirring up. Jesus asked him. He said, do you want to be healed? 
Well, yeah, but I don't have anybody to pick me up and take me into it. No, that's not what Jesus was asking, right? Do you want to be healed? Nobody can carry you into your destiny. You have to step into it yourself. He had to take that step into his destiny, into the will of God. Now, I want you to notice, as a church, we need to arise and step into our destiny corporately. Every member of this church matters. Everyone has an important role. There is not one insignificant person that walks through these doors. What's your giftings? Let's figure this out. Let's do this. Let's use them. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to use you guys. Let's do it. Talk to me. What do you want to do? What, what do you enjoy doing? Let's use it. Let's use it. I'm telling you, we're going to be an unstoppable force in this area. My, my, my. So every person is valuable, and, and we need every person in this place who calls this their church home to use their time, their gifts, and talents for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this region. It's going to be so rewarding. It's going to be fun. I'm telling you, it's, it's great watching Satan's kingdom get destroyed. It is. So wherever our feet tread in this city, in our region, we're going to advance the kingdom of God. We're going to have a blast doing it. Now, I would love to start doing prayer walks around the area. Those are a blast. You guys ever do some prayer walks where you walk and, and you're, you're praying and down, walking down the sidewalk, a group is praying, and all of a sudden you'll feel led to stop in front of a house and pray for a house. One time I did that, and it came out the next week that a kid was being abused in that house. I didn't know why I was supposed to stop and pray over that house, but I felt led to. And there was a kid being abused, and he got delivered out. What if I didn't do that? Listen, prayer matters. If prayer doesn't matter, why would the Holy Spirit prompt us to pray? It'd be a waste of time. Prayer matters. And some things will not come to pass unless you and I pray for those things. Wednesday night, 7 p.m. is going to be prayer. All right? So, uh, Joshua 1.5. Joshua 1.5. Let's head back to Joshua. Step by step, the Holy Spirit's going to show us how to take this area. Joshua 1.5 says this, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Just like Joshua, the advantage we have over the enemy or any person that would try to hinder the plan of God in our life personally is we have the presence of God on our life. The presence of God is powerful. And as you get closer to him, as you walk in obedience, as you are willing and obedient, his presence will increase in your life. And under this new and better covenant, by the way, we also have the mighty name of Jesus. Listen to this. Along with the presence of God, the name of Jesus, we also have God's holy angels encamping us. Are you kidding me? How can we lose? The only way you're going to lose is if you don't follow the plan for your life. If you don't walk in obedience to the word of God. How can we lose? So God gave the promised land to the children of Israel 
but there were some giants that had to be defeated. Now, let me tell you this. There's major spiritual warfare going on, right? Listen, don't think it's strange that you're experiencing spiritual warfare in your life. That's not always a sign that you're doing something wrong, but many times it's a sign you're doing something right. I'm telling you right now. Listen, the enemy has the unbeliever. The enemy doesn't really have to mess with the unbeliever. He's doing the devil's work on his own. Now, when someone makes Jesus Lord of their life, what happens? You're trying to advance the kingdom of God. If you were the enemy, who would you try to mess with? Go ahead, I'm waiting. Who would you try to mess with? The believer. Listen, even Paul said, there's a passage, I believe it's 2 Corinthians in there, where he said, we tried to go in a certain region time and time again. It said, but Satan hindered us. I mean, tr- listen, so if you're experiencing spiritual warfare, you're going to know in your heart because the Holy Spirit's going to reveal, is it something you're doing wrong or is it something you're doing right and you need to keep on going? You think the enemy likes that we're going to make our voice heard at this meeting tomorrow night? Huh. What do these people think we're in? I, when, when someone told me about this, I was like, is this San Francisco, California we're in here? I, do, do these people even know what's going on? You're in Carroll, Michigan doing this? Well, it shouldn't be done anywhere. But what I'm saying is, listen, if you're able to show up, what is it, 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. at the middle school? Show up if you're able to. Wow. All right. So don't think it's strange that you're experiencing warfare when you're doing the right thing. Um, So Joshua 1, 6 through 7. All right. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do all according to the law of Moses, my servant, which my servant commanded you. Now, if we're going to fulfill our destiny, personally and as the church, we need to be strong and of good courage. Fear has to go. Say, fear has to go. Do you know that there are people who live and die on this earth, and they never step into the destiny for their life? They live and die. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? And they never step into the plan of God, the purpose of God for their life. Fear has to go. Fear will cause your destiny to pass you by. So if God is telling us, listen to this, if God is telling us to be strong and very courageous, you know what that tells me? There's always going to be a temptation to not be. Listen to me. When God tells us to do something, it says in the word of God 365 times, fear not. One for every day. When God, guess what? When he tells us, commands us not to do something, there's always going to be a temptation to fall into that thing. God's trying to make us aware not to fall into it. How many of you know it's very easy to fall into fear? Amen? So just, just make that note. Wherever you see a command or an exhortation in the word of God, be aware there's always a temptation to fall into it. 
The love of money. Don't fall into the love of money. Don't hold on to the things of this world too tightly. Are you hearing me? By the way, the love of money, the poorest person can have the love of money. It's not how much money you have. It's not the rich people who have the love of money. You can be, you can be poor as a, well, church mice, I was going to say, but, and still have the love of money. Did you know that? You can still have it. Be very careful. When God is warning us of these things, it's always going to be, that's the thing that Satan wants to pull you into. So, if the word of God tells us to fear not, then it's possible to overcome fear. Did you hear that? God's not going to command you to do something that you're not able to do. Wow. Revelation time, right? God's never going to command something of you that you're not able to do. So when he says fear not, it's you're able to overcome it. See, fear is faith in Satan's will for your life. The biggest fear, uh, you want to hear what the root cause of fear is? Are you ready for this? You could put, this is, the, if you dug down, here's fear. Here's all the, the tree of the manifestations of fear. If you had to dig down to the very root and you pulled that thing out, guess what it would say? The fear of death. The fear of death. If you look at all, what is it, right? If you look at all kinds of fear, it's the fear of dying. I don't know about you, but Jesus took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. We have nothing to worry about. For the Christian, you're just stepping into eternity, into the presence of God. Listen, Satan loves to keep people with with the fear of death. If, there is a, if you can overcome the fear of death in your life, you will be unstoppable, and Satan will hate your guts more. Are you hearing me? He will hate your guts even more because nothing's going to stop. You look back at the great men and women of God. They didn't have fear. They were bold to speak the word. They were bold to, to rise up when injustice was taking place, when unrighteousness is filling a city. They were bold to rise up. Are you hearing me? The fear of death. If you can get rid of that in your life, man, mm, you are a greater threat to Satan's kingdom. Fear is perverted faith. Fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. You see, Satan will always attack us in the natural with the flesh. He's a flesh, say flesh devil. He's always trying to pull you out of the spirit. He's always trying to pull you out of it because he knows if you stay in the spirit, man, he is overcome. If you could, what, how did Jesus overcome the enemy when he came to him? He said, it is written. Three times Jesus came back with the word of God. It is written. That's why the word of God needs to be filled on the inside of our heart. So when the attack comes, we speak as sharp as we can, right? Like Jesus did. The word of God, it is written. See, you got to understand something. I know you hear the words unbelief, you hear doubt, but you got to understand this. We as humans are always believing something. 
Even unbelief is a belief in something. It's a wrong belief in the wrong thing. Right? There is, each and every one of you, everyone listening online on the internet right now, you have a belief system. You believe something. Here's what my job is, to form biblical beliefs on the inside of you. You just better make sure your belief system is lined up with the word of God. That's where the power's at. So you're always believing something. Say something. something. Say, I believe something. I believe something. Say, I'm going to believe the word of God. All right, so... Uh, go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 real quick here. I'm plowing on through. Don't worry, we'll get to that food in a moment. Uh, <laughs> okay, so 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7. But before you fill your stomachs, I'm filling your spirit. Amen? Amen. That's my job. All right. So page 1784 on mine. Uh, okay, you don't have that luxury. Uh, but anyways, 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7. And it says this. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore... I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, is encouraging Timothy, the young minister, to step into his destiny by not giving in to fear. Why? Because the Holy Ghost knows if Timothy falls into fear, he's worthless for the kingdom. Fear will make you worthless for the kingdom. You got to overcome it. You got listen, if you if you have a fear issue in your life, whatever it is, come and see us. The spirit of fear doesn't like us very much. Are you hearing me? Amen. We'll we'll work with you. We'll meet with you personally. We will work you through this thing. Listen, no congregation member of mine is going to be living in fear. We're going to deal with this thing. Are you hearing me? No, we're going to do this. I want every person that goes to this church to be spiritually healthy. All right? So, so we're looking around here. Who needs, who needs some spiritual food? Who needs an IV from Pastor James of the Word? Are you hearing me? Come on, let's do this. Well, listen to this. There is only one person in this universe that can stop or hinder your destiny. There is just one person, not the devil, not evil spirits, one. Who is it? Take your finger and go like this and just point it right at yourself. There is a, if your will is in it, if your will is in to do the will of God, you will fulfill your purpose. And there is no devil in hell that can stop you from doing it. You are the only one. God is waiting on you. Joshua, arise. Alyssa, arise. Brendan, arise. Come on, somebody, right? Just say your name and say arise because the Holy Spirit is saying that to all of us today. So Paul had to remind Timothy. He had to bring him back into reality. See, fear is deception. What are we fearful about? We serve the most high God. 
We serve the one, the name which is above every name, the name of Jesus. What are we fearful about? Are you hearing me? We have nothing to fear. That's why the Holy Ghost through Paul, I love saying this, because a lot of people think reality is what, what you see, what's going on around, right? Oh, you're going through this trial, you're going through this situation. That's, no, no, no. Let's get back to God's reality. What does his word say about your situation? Let's get back to God's reality. Amen? Amen. Verse 7 is contrasting a demonic spirit of fear with the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. It says, he said the Holy Spirit, a, a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. If power, love, and a sound mind are not present, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through you. It's the enemy. It's the enemy that would, that would make you timid, that would make you shut your mouth. Listen, <laughs> wow, we live in cancel culture, don't we? Oh, they're going to get a good, oh, I'm so excited about what God's going to do here. All right, so we're going to have some fun. But whenever you see, mm, whenever you see an exhortation, just remember, I want to say it again, there's always going to be the temptation to fall into that thing. Always get that mindset. Get, keep that mindset. And, and pay attention when you're reading the word on your own. Pay attention to the if and then statements. Do a study on that, how many there are. It's amazing. It's interesting here. I, I got to point this out. Paul points out here that the spirit of faith was in Timothy's grandmother, Timothy's mother, and it, He's convinced it was in him too. So you can see, it's interesting because it's like he's talking about a generational blessing there. You see what you see that? Now, if there's generational blessing, guess what there also is? Generational curses that need to be broken. Here's why. Oh, Pastor James, there's no generational curses. Oh, really? Here's, you know, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus called the enemy the thief. The enemy doesn't play fair. Well, Pastor James, that's not fair. That's not fair. The enemy is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why we have to be sober. We have to be vigilant, and we need to come against these things in life. Because until you, the enemy, if he goes unchallenged in your life, yay, I'm talking to Christians. If he goes unchallenged, he will keep doing his thing even after you make Jesus Lord of your life. That's why it's so important. We need to get involved with, with prayer, spiritual warfare. Let's do this. Let's dig in, amen? amen. Let's see people's lives change. My goodness. I mean, it's amazing. It's like, yes, we, we, we have this world that we need to evangelize to, but sometimes it feels like we're evangelizing to the body of Christ. Like, hey, you know, we're a mess, right? The body of Christ is a mess right now. It really is. Because we got to deal with our own junk. Let's get set free so we can truly let our light shine. Right? Let's do that. So we need to break these bondages. So again, Marianne and I, we are available. Call us. Contact us. Come see us. Let's meet. Let's, let's do this. Let's get you guys healthy. Let's, let's get you raised up. Let's deal with fear. You got fears you're dealing with? Let's, let's work through this. Hey, we'll, we'll give you that, that IV. Amen? All right. 
So we as Christians are called to be strong and courageous for a couple of reasons that maybe you haven't thought about before. You see, God is going to move, uh, require you to move when he tells you to move. He's going to tell you things that, and show you things that are going to take you out of your comfort zone. I don't know if you know it or not, but God really doesn't care about our comfort zone when it comes to advancing the gospel. I found that out. Listen to this. Miracles, signs, and wonders never happen in the comfort zone. Miracles, signs, and wonders never happen outside of the comfort zone. Some of the promptings and leadings from the Holy Spirit are going to absolutely go against every bit of common sense in your natural mindset. When the, I love this. When the children of Israel were, follow, were following the fire by night and the cloud by day. Remember that account? Every time the fire of God's presence or the cloud of his presence began to move, they had to move. Now, let, let's really think about this. Let's think of how inconvenient God can be sometimes. They had the camp all nice and set up. Man, it was cozy. They're, you know, kind of just chilling, having some ice water in the desert, right, in the wilderness. You know, they kicked their feet up. Wow, this is great. Oh, and then all of a sudden, the cloud or the fire began to move. All right, kids, pack it up. You know the routine. And they had to pack everything up, and they had to move. See, don't get too comfortable where you're at. Because God wants to stretch you. He wants to grow you. Are you hearing me? To do great things for him. And if you're going to do great things for him, it's going to stretch. Stretching is a very uncomfortable kind of a thing. Are you you following me? But spiritually, listen, it's the best thing you're ever going to do is obey the Holy Ghost. When you obey the Holy Ghost and you do something beyond what you thought you could do, you look back and you think, wow. That was pretty cool. Thank you, God. So in the meantime, you're, might, there might be an inconvenience. There might be, you know what I'm saying? But when you go through it and you look back, you think, wow, God, now I see why you had me do this. Best thing that ever happened to me in my life. I'm almost done. I promise. <sighs> um. So it went against every bit of common sense in their mind. So it brings me to this important point about stepping into our destiny. As a Christian, we better be at peace and able to flow with change. You got to be at peace with change. Say change. Say change is good. You know, it really is. And it's, it's going to happen. I mean, things in your personal life, whatever. Change is good, and, and it's going to be healthy, especially when the Holy Spirit has you do it. I mean, it's him. It's God, your creator. He knows what you need. Amen? Um, all right, so Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. And it says this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night and that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. We need to be strong and courageous to keep the word of God as our focus. Did you see a connection? If you read that verse again in the verse before it, it connects being strong and courageous 
with keeping the word as our focus. Why? Because everybody out in the world is going to pressure you. Kids, I'm talking to you too. Teachers, people who are going to be pressuring you to take hold of this unbiblical stuff. It's going to take courage for you to stand up and say, no, I believe the word of God. I'm, don't, don't give in. I'm talking to the kids right now. Do not give in to this trash, this junk that the enemy's trying to feed you in the schools. Be bold to stand up. Be bold to stand up. I mean, we tell our kids, look, yeah, if they're doing something, you will never get in trouble for standing up for the word of God in school. Never. You don't have to go with the flow. Because you know what that flow is? It's sewer. Oh, yeah. It's sewer. But we want to flow with the living water. Amen? That's why we're going to raise up warriors in the kids in this church, too. Every person in this church is going to be ministered to. Every person in this church, no matter the age, we're raising you up as a disciple. We need to be strong and courageous to keep the word of God as our focus, to step in and fulfill our God-given destiny. That is our key to victory. The word of God needs to be so much of a focus in your thought life that it just doesn't stay in your thoughts. It comes out of your mouth. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. When you speak it, you're building your own faith. It's a great system God set up. Secondly, spoken words are an expression of your faith. The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the word says. Thirdly, you are releasing creative power when speaking the word of God in faith. Fourthly, it keeps you in remembrance of the word of God so you'll be a doer of it. See, remember what I said. You've got to be a doer of the word to be blessed by it. Lastly, as we speak the word of God, we are becoming more in tune with the voice and promptings of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the author of the word of God. So as you fill yourself with his word, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you are going to feel the promptings and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in such a clearer way. It tears away and clears the junk of the world, what they throw at you. And you're tuning in to the author of the word of God. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, the author of the word loves to hear his words willingly come out of your mouth. Right? You're honoring the Holy Spirit when you do that. Now, um... Don't ever forget, the focus, your focus always will determine the direction of your life. Always. And let me close. This is it. Last passage. Here we go. Joshua 1.9. Let's tie this up in a nice bow. This first groundbreaking service. Amen? Amen? We're only just beginning. Look at this. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, we don't have to be afraid, dismayed, or discouraged because of this fact, because of this spiritual reality. God is with us wherever we go. Practice the presence of God. You know what that means? You're acknowledging him everywhere you go. When you wake up in the morning, talk to him. See, what does that mean? It means if Marianne comes into our, to a room and I don't say anything to her, 
You know, she might be like she comes home from work and I just sit there and don't talk to her. I think she might be a little upset. Right? Ignoring her. How do you think the Holy Ghost feels? When we as Christians, he, he's with us all the time. He's inside of us. He's around us. He's with us all the time. Yet we ignore him. Talk to him. Say acknowledge him. So even if you don't feel it, God is with you. He is working in your situation, in your circumstance. It's time. Church, it's time for us to personally and corporately step into our destiny. Ah, let's get these elements here and let's do communion. Hallelujah. Now, oh yeah, anybody who needs the elements, uh, raise your hand. Chris will generously pass them out. Gosh, I love the people of this church, man. We got a great team here. Wow, we got a great team. I'm telling you, we are gonna, we're going to do some amazing things here. Woo, glory. Mm. Yeah, so if, every, if anybody's missing it or doesn't have the elements, raise your hand. We'll get them right to you. Now, I do want to say this, that you don't have to be a member of this church or or, or come to this church all the time to partake of communion. But you must be a member of the church. What do I mean by that? It means that Jesus Christ must be your Lord and Savior. Uh, if he's not, you're wasting your time. Right? So if you're a Christian, you feel free to partake of communion with us here today. Yeah, if you want to start that music, that'd be wonderful. See, communion is a time for us to search our heart. Just close your eyes right now, in fact. Just take a minute. Maybe during this message, the Holy Spirit illuminated some things to you where, eh, you know, you could do better. You could change. Uh, and today you want to lay that on the altar. So in your heart, just tell him. Just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for this thing I've been involved in, this maybe sin I've been doing. You know what it is. And just put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. But communion is a time of remembering what Jesus has done through his death, burial, and resurrection. It's a time of examining our life. that Jesus went to the cross and his body was broken. I mean, think about the torture he took. It was broken. His was broken. I love the, the divine exchange. His body was broken so that we could be healed. So Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son. And Jesus, you were obedient. Man, that... that I can't even imagine. Can you imagine that torture he took? Let's really just take, just think of this. Because many times we do communion and it just turns into a tradition. But really, this is important. This is remembering his death. So Jesus, we thank you for your death on the cross. We acknowledge it. We praise you for it. We thank you. You may partake of the bread.
And the word, I love it, where it says, if the, basically, I'm going to paraphrase, if the enemy knew what he was doing when Jesus was being beaten, when the blood of Jesus spilled, if he even had a clue of what was taking place, he wouldn't have done it. But guess what he did? Why? Because the devil's a loser. And we are on the winning team. Amen? And Jesus, we thank you for your shed blood that makes us whiter than snow. Now listen to me. The enemy, there's some in here where maybe you're walking in condemnation, guilt, things that happened in the past. I don't know, maybe you had an abortion in the past. Maybe, whatever, you, you, you've done something in the past and you've been carrying this thing your whole life. Listen to me. The blood of Jesus is stronger than that thing you did. In fact, he took it over 2,000 years ago. The only thing you need to do is say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Forgive me for that stupid choice. I mean, forgive me for that thing, that wrong that I did. And guess what? If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. You will know what that means? It, that creates a spiritual reality, not a feeling. If you're just going to go by your feelings, the devil's going to whip you every time. But if you go by faith in the word, take God at his word. Let go of that weight. Let go of that bondage today. God has so much in store for you. So let this be your kickoff day. Let this be your new beginning. And say, devil, I'm not carrying that weight anymore. Jesus took it over 2,000 years ago. So Jesus, we thank you for your shed blood. We honor you. We acknowledge you. In your name, Jesus, you may partake of the drink. And let's stand up in this place. Now, it would be a shame if we go through the whole service. We go through this whole service, and someone in here has never made Jesus Christ Lord of their life. It would be a shame if we don't give you an opportunity. Listen, like I said earlier, you are on borrowed time. Yeah, well, you know, I'm young. I'm in school, high school, college, whatever. God, you know, I got a lot of time. I got a lot of life ahead of me. You know what? I hope you're right. But guess what? That's not promised to you. And if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life today, I want you to come forward, and I want to pray with you right over here, right by the books. And don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. We are family in this place. We got to get rid of our shame. We got to get rid of it. Because if you're going to be bold for Christ, it better start right at the salvation experience. Are you hearing me? So if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. I want you just to meet me over here. And I'll pray with you right here in the corner. Now, maybe there's some in here. You've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life a long time ago, but you've fallen away. We call it backsliding. You see, there's no standing still in the Christian life. You're either moving forward with him or you're falling back. There's always motion in the Christian walk. So if you have made Jesus Lord of your life a long time ago, but you've backslidden and, and you want to come back to him today, 
you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to come forward over here by these books, and we want to pray with you today. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've, you're a Christian, but you feel like you're missing something. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The Bible says it's an experience after salvation. It's a second experience. If you have never made or if you have never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want to pray with you right here because it is powerful. It will change your life. God, you know, people say, God, I I love you. I, I love Jesus, but I feel so powerless. You need the Holy Spirit baptism. Come on up, and I want to pray with you. Maybe there's someone in here, you're, you have a sickness, a disease, a bondage. You need prayer for healing. You need a miracle. You have a, you have a situation going on, and you just need someone to come into agreement. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we will pray with you and come into agreement in faith. So if you need prayer for anything else, come up to that altar. And here's what I'll do. So we'll stick around while you guys are, are going to go down and, and eat. And Barry, did you want to pray over it? Do you want me to pray over the food? How do you want to work that? It's totally up to you. Oh, okay. Okay, come on up. Come on up. Um, so, yeah, so when we're done with this and pray over the food, we're going to hang out here. We're not going down right away, so if you need prayer for any of those things, we want to make ourselves available. By the way, get anybody who comes and grabs those books, first come, first serve. So, Barry, it's all you. As I was, sit- as I was sitting over there this morning, listening to the word that you were bringing forth, and I'm thinking, boy, if I'm ever going to follow this guy, i got to kick it up a notch, but my energy, but I'm thinking... As I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, well, i got to kick it up a few more notches to keep up with this guy. But as I was going, I was doing some reading this morning, and, as, and the Lord was kind of doing a download on me, and, then, and I'll explain. I want to read something to you, but I'll explain why I'm reading this to you in a moment. Um, but what I'd like to read to you is, will you commit your love? Will you commit to love your pastor, praying with him rather than complaining about him, honoring him as one who labors in word and doctrine, for the good of your soul and recognize him as the shepherd God has given you. I'm referencing that out of 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13, 1 Timothy 5, 17, and Hebrews 13, verse 17. Could you two come up, up here for a moment, please? I'm sharing that with you because, um, you know, the church has been going through a healing process the last few years, and I know I'm not going to hash up old wounds, but things that have happened in the past with me that I know I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of not doing this, being fleshly and not doing this. And I, and I, and I can tell the both of you, I, I can promise you that I know myself and I know my wife and I know the majority of the people here too will be praying for you too. God. Amen. Amen. So I would like anybody that's comfortable to come up and get, in, get into a huddle. If you guys come down here, we'd like yeah. to pray with you. Over yes. Come up here and get in the huddle. If you're not comfortable getting in the huddle, just you know, reach out your hands towards them here in a moment, and we're going to pray over them as we uh, go down this road together. And the rest of you, just reach your hands out here to open. Okay. Heavenly Father, we lift Pastor James and Marianne up to you. Lord God, we thank you that you have put them in our path, Lord God, that you have put them in this church, Lord God, to, to lead this, this, uh, this congregation 
down the road, the path that you have set forward for us. I ask you, Lord God, just to, to bless them, Lord God. Touch them in any way they need a touch of your Holy Spirit. I, I pray that you bless them as they bring forth your word each and every week, Father God, as they minister to people um, in this church that, that, that need to hear from you, that need some encouragement, Father, that you will lay on their lips words that will touch them, that will resonate with them, that can only come from you, that will reach down deep inside their spirit, man, Lord God. I ask you, Father, just to bless all that they do, Lord God. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.